Hey man, and welcome to the Badam Chain with Carl. Howdy, my riders, and welcome to the Badam Chain with Carl, man. However you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you might be in your friend's car, and he's making you listen to this podcast. Well, thank you, friend, and check you out. You are welcome. Because, hey, I always threaten to have bangers on this show. And tonight, we finally got one. We got Nashville legend Cody Marley coming right up, man. But check it out. I want to say a quick thing about uh, vaccines. A lot of my friends, a lot of my uh, colleagues, as it were, are getting vaccinated. And I applaud that, man. I really do. You know? Uh, But I got a pro tip if you don't want to wait your turn. And here it is. Go to your favorite drugstore or your favorite grocery store that are offering these vaccines and push an old person down that's waiting in line. That's right. Knock them over, get them out of the way, and you can take their spot. That's a pro tip from CR3. (laughs) Hey, man. I ain't going to do it. You know what I mean? I'm going to wait my turn. In fact... I looked up the Tennessee guidelines for vaccination phases for a comedian, and it lies in between uh, wooden objects and cremated remains. So looking forward to when my vaccination happens after the pandemic. Okay. You guys ready to laugh, man? Yeah, me too. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Cody Marley. Hey, everybody. I'm Cody Marley, and here are the movie jokes. Oscar winner Oprah Winfrey buys 10% of Weight Watchers, which really I don't think was that good of an idea because she just bought the dessert. (laughs) Scarlett Johansson reveals her ACT score, 34D. (laughs) Tom Hanks says he's got diabetes, comedy keywords, box of chocolates. Lieutenant Dan, I've got no legs. (laughs) Drew Barrymore, you guys like Drew Barrymore? I don't know. There's something about her when I see her on screen. She is just, oh, she's so hot. Oh, she really. Did you see her in (laughs) ET? terrible. Chris Christie to star a new superhero movie called Fat Man and his kryptonite salad. Corey Feldman, child actor, said he was abused as a kid and caused a lot of poor decisions as an adult. Yeah, like making that movie Meatballs 4. Lindsay Lohan, you guys like Lindsay Lohan? Oh, she is so hot. Maybe this isn't appropriate. I don't. There's something about when I see her on film, I was like, oh man. Did you see her in A Parent Trap? <laughs> kind of some irony here. Robert De Niro, IRS. Robert 
De Niro owes the IRS $6 million. Wow, he may actually wind up being a taxi driver. <laughs> Shirley Temple, you guys like Shirley Temple? <laughs> Cody Marley, ladies and gentlemen, the jokes. Here's the jokes. Hey, Carl. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I appreciate you. Like I said, uh, talking earlier, I appreciate you heeding the call, man, for sure. This is very exciting. No one ever uh, asked for my attention. So this is wonderful. So that's a shame, man. You know, because like, (laughs) seriously, like when I saw you, you know, we did that that online hang a few days ago with Mark and Nonson. Yeah, that's fun. And that was fun, man. And like, it was really uh, it was a pleasant surprise to see you jump on there and like, and yeah. So that got me thinking, why don't I have Cody on the show, man? It's perfect. Oh you know? yeah, of course. Yeah. Love, love to do it. Love to, glad to be here. As they say. Heck yeah, man. So dude, like I, I really haven't, we haven't seen each other in the flesh since, you know, obviously uh, pre it's been a year. It's been a year. At yeah, least. Yeah. Basically, I, man. Yeah. I, I haven't got a haircut in a year. So, is that right? You know, I, I have been noticing that your hair is getting long, like through your uh, social media posts. And I was like, I wonder if that's intentional or you're just not you know, going. I'm just anywhere. afraid. Okay. That's I'm, perfectly fine. <laughs> frankly, I don't have $8.99 to go to Supercuts. That's there it the is. Yeah, well, that, that's but with the new long. stimulus check now, I guess I could go out and get a $1,400 haircut. So that'll be great. And that, and especially over here in East Nashville, I think that's how much they, they go for these days. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Be looking sharp there. <laughs> now you went to the eye doctor, right? I did. I went to the optometrist. Got got some new glasses coming. Uh, very excited about that. Got some computer glasses. I don't know how that's going to work, but uh, oh, I've heard about those, man. Like with the uh, purplish tint, right? I, they like a slight hue to them. As I understand it, they are between regular glasses and bifocals. Ah. So they sound worthless, but. <laughs> They sound like they sound like Cody just spent three hundred and fifty dollars. Is what they sound. Like. <laughs> that uh, can happen, man. You know, like it's funny. How long have you been wearing glasses? Like me, I've, been, uh, I've had them most forever. of my life. Yeah, not forever. Yeah. You know, like last time I went, uh, probably about a year ago. Um, actually, maybe within this this past year, that they were preparing me for the idea of bifocals. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's coming, baby. It's coming. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just just wait. Just oh. wait. I'm, I'm a lazy eye kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, All actually, my, my whole body's lazy, but yeah. <laughs> just blame the eye. You know? Yeah, I had I had the crooked eye. I was the kid that wore the patch. Remember the kid that wore the patch in school? <laughs> the cool kid with the patch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did that for about three weeks, and I just threw it away. And then my eye never got better. So yeah, I was. And my parents were real loose. They're like, "Ah, hey, let him do whatever he wants. He seems happy." So. That's good. <laughs> It shaped my personality and I'm good with it. That's just the way it is. So I love it. I'm a cyclops. Basically. You're a cyclops at heart, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> Cody, man, like I, I don't know that much about you other than like, here's what I know of Cody Marley. Okay. Is that you'll, you come to the East Room yeah. uh, every so often and you destroy it and then you leave. That's all I know about you. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. 
Hey man, that's all you need to know, right? As a comic, that and this man that concludes the podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to go any further on that. Yeah, but seriously, man, it's always been a, a, a treat to see when you come in the room. You know, it's going to be great. It's and, fun. Yeah, that's one of my favorite places to go. Oh man! So anyway. like, I, I'm really glad that I, I got you on the show, man, because I, I would be very curious to know um, your path to comedy. Where did that start for you, um, for Cody? Well, I'm probably going to be one of these, certainly one of the Nashville old heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you always say the first time you ever went up in comedy, it's at Zanies. Comedy and the modern era as we know it in Nashville started for everybody at uh, Zanies. And in the 80s, when I was in college, Mm-hmm. You know, it, it opened up in the, I don't know when it was, the early 80s, and when they had an open mic night, and I went there, and it's like everybody, you go, oh, that was kind of fun, you invite your friends, you actually usually do okay the first time you go up, because your friends are there, at least you get laughs, and you think you're doing okay, mm. and it's that second time you go, and you kind of bomb, <laughs> and then you go, oh boy, this is going to be hard, but anyway, it was there, and I was just one of those guys that you know, hung around. I was the guy they let hang around in the back of the club and watch the shows. And I had, I made a lot of great friends there who uh, some went on to do comedy and some went on to do other great things. Uh, They become writers and teachers and everything else. And that's kind of how I got started. Also back in the eighties, you hear people talk about the comedy boom, well, there was kind of that thing going, I mean, where you could, if you could get up and talk <laughs> for 15 minutes, you could go on the road and work somewhere as an MC. I mm-hmm. didn't do that so much, but my friends did, and they quickly got up to speed and became, uh, you know, got to work in those middle acts and uh, headliners. And uh, I was probably the worst <laughs> out of my our little crew at least i i thought uh-huh. and, um so when they all moved on that's when i finally got to step up and kind of started emceeing some and really it was probably until there uh 90 late 80s 90 where i started emceeing like the open mic night there and i did that for a few years and that was really uh that was really a lot of fun also, during this time, back when I was in college, I started when I was in college. And this is, maybe you know this, I was a rodeo announcer. A mm. what? Yeah, I grew up in the <laughs> cowboy culture. And, you know, I thought I would be one of the guys on ESPN. I was a intern at Channel 2 in okay. the sports department. And when I got out of school, all right, I should say while I was in school, when I was between my junior and senior in college, mm-hmm. this, small rodeo company in West Tennessee. They were going to put on like 12 or 14 rodeos. They asked if I could do it. And I, you know, I'd done a lot of football and basketball games for like high schools and stuff I got you. while I was in school and I knew rodeo. And, you know, I started out like everything I was bad, but, but I had a really uh, great PA system. That's really why I got hired. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I would play, I would play different music. I'd play rock music. Oh my God, this is greatest thing ever. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I started making money. I mean, I got out. And then when I graduated from college, all my friends were looking for jobs and I was 
already doing this and making money. I mean, like, wow, this is really great. Yeah. But I thought I would go on and probably work somewhere in radio or TV and sports. But I kept going to Zanies because I, I like doing it. And I found out that helped me with my rodeo working with the axe and stuff. Yeah, sure. And uh, I don't know. That's just, <laughs> And then I did that for a good 15, 16 years. I mean, uh, I just, yeah, rodeo yeah. MC? Yeah, like, you know, probably the most, like one year I did 108 uh you know so that kept me pretty busy also if you're wondering about me out for a while i worked for a sports magazine during that time in my whatever the off season was Mm. and i would also i'd go hang out at zany's and we didn't have a lot of open mics in nashville back then i mean we had one (laughs) it was at a place called the cockeyed camel over in bellevue which i think now is an italian restaurant and they've completely changed the thing but it was a great little room and it was a great venue and you know, a lot of people um, kind of got started and cut their teeth. And well, what kind of people? What would you know? Well, you know, a lot of people, as I said, they they went on. They had a nice comedy run of 10 or 15, 12 years and maybe quit. The guy's like a, a friend of mine, uh, Mike Long, who's now a teacher at Georgetown, gives speeches. You know, he was, uh, you know, a comic. He was one of the Zanies regular people would recognize. Nice. Um, Lawrence Thomas, who was a great national headliner. And, you know, you'll see him uh, on a TV show every once in a while now. He's on, he's on one of those talking big commercials during football season. I don't know. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he's a great, uh, a great comic, and now he lives in L.A. and he's just kind of doing his thing. Uh, Joby Sad, you know, Joby, Joby went right to work. Um, you know, right off the bat, started going to uh, doing MC, and now he's he's headline. He's done Vegas. He's done a lot of crazy things. These are all people you can check on Facebook. Mitch Moore, I'm I'm going back in the day now. Mitch okay. Moore from the 80s at Zanies, He was probably there in the early right from the get. Mm-hmm. And uh, he emceed there till probably the early 90s. And he's now a writer and he up in Knoxville and he does some like local theater and is in a band and you know he could you know he got his fill of doing comedy. Uh, there's just a lot of that I, I wonder about the comics of that era the eighties and nineties, you were such interesting guys and gals and, you know, they ran, they did their thing. They did it. You know, they did it for when I would consider that a success. They made a living people buying houses, you know, Yeah. and now who've moved into the private business sector. And I wonder the thoughts going through their heads you know, <laughs> every day. It's pretty crazy. So how um, was it? How was it like to only have, like Zanies and, and like you said, one other mic. So you're really having two max, right? A week. So like, how yeah. do you guys, how do you guys like do, you know, like stay fresh and like, well, you, know, you like couldn't work. I mean, you, right. You, yeah. Yeah. You, you, I didn't find out until much, much later that, you know, that's why you would go to the big city because you could do <laughs> four mics in one night. It just, <laughs> just didn't exist. Well, what tended to happen is that people who maybe weren't so good or polished or weren't, who weren't good immediately just quit because they never had a chance to develop and get better. I and some you. people who were 
you know, there's some people who are just kind of natural, mm-hmm. you know, who they, they would kind of stick with it. You know, Tim Northern was back in those days, okay, a little, yeah. you, know, you know, he was a little bit in the late eighties and the nineties. I'm thinking of other people like Keith, you know, that you're going to know Keith Alberstadt. He was kind of a early nineties guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's, he's kind of younger. I don't know if he'd have been in the eighties, but he'd, he'd have been right there. But, um, you know, and maybe somebody would try to have a comedy night, you know, back in the eighties, but those were the two, uh, the two main ones. I don't, you just jump in and ask me any questions. I'll just ramble on about nothing. Here no, no, I dig it. Like I, I, <laughs> this is very pertinent information. I, I, I like it myself for the history of the national comedy scene, you know, cause, uh, thus far as far back I've gotten is with, uh, Chad Ryden and, uh, Mark Nunson, you know? Yeah, Chad and them were kind of, they kind of came on in the 90s, I guess the later part mm-hmm. toward then. And when I kind of moved away and I kind of missed like a 10 year block of Nashville comedy, oh, okay. I would come back and visit and see people and go, oh, this is really great, whatever. And there was a lot of growth during that time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, like, like back when I first started, like maybe we could put together a good softball team of comics. I don't know, nice. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> top to bottom. I don't know. But uh, now, of course, there are hundreds. Mm. I thought about are there 400 people on some level in Nashville trying stand up comedy? I think I can say yes, because wow. when I go to an open mic night or whatever anywhere, I see new people all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that that's pretty incredible, and and there are so many now. I mean, and I think a lot of that success can be attributed to uh, you were talking about Chad, his website. So yeah. many people check out that website with where to go, and you know, yeah. And he's always been so so generous about using his time to to promote and help help the scene grow. You know, yeah. I mean, that is that is that's really something. Certainly, if we didn't we didn't have back then. I mean, there were guys back then, you know, talking about, again, my friend Lawrence, I mean, you know, he was on, you know, who went on to want to say success. He was on evening at the improv with Louis CK and the head writer of the tonight show. I mean, these guys were like, I was talking about my friend, Mike uh, Long, Mike, you ever seen the movie comedian Seinfeld's documentary? Wow. That's so funny. man! I just started watching that this morning. I swear to God. God. If you read the liner notes to the DVD, Mm -hmm. Mike wrote that. It's really good. It really, it almost kind of sums up stand up comedy. Um, You know, Joby again, he's still very active and uh, you know, he could be anywhere. He could be in, russia doing comedy tonight i don't know i don't know what <laughs> i just hear once in a while i'll see him but yeah he's 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 probably from the old group there is the one who is still the most active and still uh still going uh, tori and hughes i uh i can't believe i have a bitch in the ts we called it back then he passed away recently and he uh-huh. was our star he was a guy he wrote for mad tv he was on, uh, he wrote for like Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, Malcolm and Eddie, just a ton of shows. Wow, man. Um, he's, he's a guy, again, he's, he went to Father Ryan, a guy that started in Nashville who, you know, when he started was riding a Greyhound bus. And when I saw him in LA, he was driving a Mercedes. Huh. That's that's what he was. He was such a brilliant stand-up. When I say brilliant, just his set 
from the Montreal Comedy Festival. It was it was up against um, Mr. Bean's special, uh, <laughs> Dennis Miller's show. Um, oh God, what's what is her name? She was on. Oh, go home. What's her name? What, 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 remember her? She was on Fox back in the um, back in the nineties. Ah, good grief, Tracy Ullman. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, you know, he, his, just his special beat them out for a cable really? AIDS award. He <laughs> was just, he was just really great. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was. There's so many. He's one of the guys that helped almost create club modern comedy. I'm not saying he was the one, but mm-hmm. a lot of the tropes and a lot of the stuff that you'll see. Yeah, he was just. I can't stress enough how great he was and, and really not known in Nashville, but what a, yeah, he's, he should be. If there was a statue of a comic, you know, I hate to say it when I see all those faces on the wall at Zadie's uh-huh. that are painted, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> he gets his face sitting up there, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah that's he, he should be, uh, there should be a statue on top of that thing. But anyway, uh, but yeah, modern comedy in Nashville started at Zanies, mm-hmm. and um, one of the great stages uh, in a city of great stages. And I, like I put it up there with the with uh, the Grand Ole Opry, Ryman. Mm-hmm. I think it's right up there. I mean, there's all the great talent that's been there. Um, I don't know. Ask me something else. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And- yeah, I, yeah. I, Cody's I, talking. I, Let I, me I, tell you how to make a sandwich. I don't know what I mean. <laughs> I'm just rambling <laughs> on here. All right, man. Well, let, let's talk style then, man. Because like you have that classic joke writing style. You yes. know, you have, you have that ability to write clever jokes. Where, why do I do that? I, <laughs> no, not why. Like, like, who are some of the people that like inspires you to uh, write in such a style, man? Uh well. In the beginning, starting out, I was just like everybody else. You know, I was probably trying to copy Seinfeld that I saw and, yeah, <laughs> and right. Steve Martin and, you know, back guys of my era, you know, everybody loved George Carlin. Well, I had the Steve Martin. It was all the same influences we were kids yeah. and they were, just, they were all so great or whatever. And, and, and still like to this day, huge influences on oh, oh, most yeah. people, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, but for me, I, then you, you jump way ahead when I started writing jokes. Uh, anyway, through the 90s, I stopped announcing rodeos because I was sick of doing it, and mm-hmm. I moved to Los Angeles. Okay. So, so I moved out there, and that's when I started uh, writing jokes because it took me like about two weeks ago. Uh, man, I'm not as funny as these guys. I'm <laughs> <laughs> were, you, yeah, were, you, were you hitting mics and stuff when you were when you yeah yeah i would go like that i, I, I kind of whittled it down like, could i be in the top 10 lazy eye comics in la i don't know that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a tough one you bring that patch know. back you know yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> i don't know I, I beat myself up a little bit that was all right but uh i um what is that guy how i could get people to pay me to write jokes and oh. uh, and I had it. I started doing just for a lot of different things. Uh, you know, I, I wrote a lot of. Uh, you know, I had a ton of jokes. 
And mm-hmm. I go, and I kept just throwing them out every day. And I work, how, what can I do this? How could I put these jokes into an act? Mm. How could I make this instead of just tossing them, do something with them or just go somewhere and try them out and see if they're funny. Mm. Cause most of the stuff I would write wouldn't get used. That's when I would like, I was like sending jokes to Leno or I was sending jokes, to national lampoon or whatever. Okay. Or I was sending jokes to USA today, or I was, um, there were, <laughs> I did this thing called, uh, for the, uh, Washington Examiner, the newspaper chain. It was called Too Tough for TV. And it was jokes that were too tough for regular television. <laughs> it's like me and a few other guys that did it for like kicks and stuff. And they were yeah. just being jokes. It's a little more bite or whatever. Anyway, I, I started doing that's where I got the card idea. And I and then I started doing if people don't know what I'm talking about. I've got a handful of cards, which is the worst thing you can do in stand-up comedy. Don't go up there with cards. But anyway, I do. You hear that, Patrick Devine? <laughs> yeah. It'll never work. you will never work. <laughs> like, oh, he's lazy. He won't memorize material. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I go, well, how can I blow through the most jokes in the shortest amount of time? And then what I would do is I just, example, I would do with something stupid. I would go, Sabaro's Pizza files for bankruptcy. Why? And flip the card over, and that's where the punchline is. <laughs> and it says, because they ran out of dough. Uh-huh. Ha, ha, ha. Isn't that funny? <laughs> but it's subject, action, punch. Yep. Subject, action, punch. And I tried to just do that and see how many jokes I can do, and whatever the time is I've got. And you break it up every so often. Every three jokes is what I do. And then after every 12 jokes, I do like a little bit or something. Hmm. It's kind of hard to stomach after about 20 minutes, people kind of zone out on me a little bit, but no matter how great it is, but or good it is or whatever. But uh, anyway, that's what, uh, what, uh, that's how I got into doing that. Those is what you call the classic joke, you know, wearing the blazer and having the, you know, the whole, the whole little shtick. So it's, it is kind of a little shtick. Did you find that that was going over uh, pretty, pretty immediately when you started doing that? Uh, yes. Cause it was so yes. <laughs> yeah. That's why I went, Oh, I kind of bumbled my way into something mm. here. This kind of works and it works in like what I would call a coffee shop, uh, salon type setting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I've never done this in front of like, uh, Bridgestone arena. Not sure how that's <laughs> going to go, but if it's just like a little group, you can kind of, that that's where it goes, which is kind of bad. You want it to work at Bridgestone Arena so you can get more money. But and right. and but that's what stand-up comedy is. It's small, intimate groups. I mean, yeah, like yeah. a small club, that sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, yes, it was it's um that that's how I got into uh doing that. And I can I can do a lot of my off-color stuff, a lot of things I do or I guess people technically back in the day would have called alternative comedy, which is what's kind of what I was mm. in the eighties. And that, you know, every town had a guy, had a Cody. who was kind of a little bit different. He's not just as a just straight stand up. And that, and it got to be called alternative comedy into the nineties. That's what a lot of those people went into. So I would have been in that category, which means a lot of people say, maybe that means you're not funny. Well, maybe true. That means you're a bad comic. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's bad. True. That's true. But uh, that's kind of where that went. And, um, anyway, there you it, go. It, it's funny. You know, it, it, 
that line from the jerk comes back to me. That's getting into the one liner thing is like, it's a profit deal. <laughs> it's like, oh, you made money doing it. That makes sense, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, so you actually submitted some jokes and and Leno actually used some of your stuff, right? Yes. Yeah, I did that for. Um, okay, well, how'd that work? Mm-hmm. Remember, remember, like when his show when he was was um, he was like a guest host of the Tonight Show. He wasn't yeah. a, a full time host. He he like worked like once a week. Mm-hmm. Well, the word went out around the comedy clubs that hey, he's taking jokes. Ah, and what? Yeah, yeah. Just, so I heard. I heard. Well, I heard someone in the green room say they were writing jokes at Zany's, and I went, "Huh, really? Huh?" So. Mm-hmm. What I did is I called up uh, the Tonight Show and I just kind of bluffed my way into uh, saying, "Yeah, I need to get some." You know, they sent me a contract. They sent me to uh, to write jokes, and uh, mm-hmm. they send they sent me a fax number, <laughs> and that's what you would do. You would you would you literally sent him jokes. You would fax them to him, wow, and they would take whatever. Now this was again like in, I don't know whenever early nineties, whenever he was doing this uh-huh. and I didn't do it, but for just a few weeks, I got a joke on and then I didn't even, you got to realize my situation. I didn't even have a typewriter. I was living, <laughs> of course you didn't. <laughs> I was living in a barn with my horses, basically still here in Nashville, right? It's before the LA. <laughs> yeah, moved. Yeah, I was in Franklin. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I, and I, you know, that, and when you, okay, I'm going to write some jokes and I'd never really written jokes, topical stuff like this before. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to town to fax it. And that cost <laughs> two, two or $3. It was a big thing. And then one night I heard him say, Man, I've been getting some of the weirdest jokes in lately, and that just freaked me out. For some reason, I thought that was me, so I totally put that aside. Fast forward years later, when I'm living in Los Angeles and I'm starting to write jokes for all this other stuff, you know, morning radio. I was did a lot of morning, like there's like a there's like radio syndicates. Like when you listen to the radio in the morning, that material is not stuff all of it the DJ thinks up. There's literally a wire of jokes that comes mm. in that they these companies, they have like these cyber staffs who are sending in the stuff. Anyway, I was doing all that kind of stuff. And I was going through one of my old notebooks once and I went, well, look at this. It's the Tonight Show uh, fax number. I think it's going to start sending stuff in. Why not? Well, I did. And sure enough, like a couple weeks later, the lady called me up. He goes, Cody, this is a, a, we cannot find your information to send you your check. And I was like, oh, really great. <laughs> so, so that's how I got back into doing it. And then. Thank God they still have the fax number, the same fax number, right? It's the same thing. It goes to his house and it goes to the office <laughs> or whatever. And then, um, you know, I, frankly, when I first started and when I go back and read those earlier jokes in, they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I took me away. It, it it was a hard earned thing. I mean, I it, it's like lifting weights. You just got to do it. There's no other way to get better at it other yeah. than do it. But that gave me the discipline, and you know, here's a goal and everything to shoot for. So I started doing that, and it, and gradually I started getting a few more jokes on. Wow. And did that until the end of the show. And 
you know, it, there was a lot of cool things that I got to, you know, like once I went to the show and got to hang out in the green room and they had a special seat for me in the audience. And wow. yeah, that was really cool. Getting to walk across the stage and go actually be there at the tonight show. That, that was the cool, that was a cool thing, but just, you know, hearing something you wrote, you know, hearing him do it. Yeah, that 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 was all fun. And that that said, it's not like we're we're not really great friends. I mean, I, he's yeah. he's a nice guy. He's kind of like he's a comic man. The best, you know. He's like he's like your wise cracking uncle. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. He's like you know. It'd be like uh, uh, yeah, you got some jokes, huh? <laughs> you know, he just <laughs> you know, he's uh, he's he's. Now, for personally me, I just he's like a hero and great like Letterman would be all that same uh, hero to me. And I don't know. Again, I'm just rambling on. I don't know. No, that, that's <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what this show is all about, man. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, getting to do that was the greatest thing I got to do out there. I, I never got the big job writing on mm-hmm. a, as a staff writer, which is what I wanted to do. Okay, but I got a lot of other piddling kind of jobs <laughs> I, writing stuff. Could, could you where could I you made, elaborate could you yeah, elaborate? Where, I, where i made enough money where i could live in la and something else i did while i was in la like from the get almost i was i did a lot of extra work i mean a ton huh. like there's like a two-year period you watch the first year of house <laughs> you're gonna see me all over the background Is that right? wearing a suit <laughs> walking around and yeah i've got I mean, that's a whole nother whole nother life that was uh, that was that it, it was grueling you hear people say oh being on the set so grueling yeah it was long crazy hours but wow. I, enjoy, did, I enjoyed that too how, how did you even get into <laughs> oh <laughs> doing extra work man no that's it was super easy i just went over to central casting and they were like having a meeting and then some guy comes up what are you doing this afternoon i'm like i don't know nothing <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's literally like that. We need you to go over here and touch and touch and sign up. Okay, all right. And then they, you get there, they give you the clothes, and then like a week later, you get a check. It's like, oh man, this is awesome. You know, got great food. I mean, I the stuff I did being an, like I was on the the last episode of ER. Okay, I they call. I'm I'm at home eating a sandwich, and I get a call. Uh, Cody, you need to be over at Warner Brothers. Uh, can you be there at what such such time? Go. Yeah, I guess so. All right, so I show up in a suit, and I get there, and then they just lock the baby da- that baby down. And all I did was clap. I clapped for uh, the president as he came out of a room, and you can't even see it's me. Maybe you can see my hands as we clap for him. Make and he goes right from there, right out front, and it turns out it's a big party. And people are crying because this is the last shot from ER. Like Charlie Sheen gets up there and says some words. And then Aaron Sorkin is talking. And it's like you go to someone else's Christmas dinner and you don't know anybody. They just drop you. That's why I'm I'm like sitting there eating cake and I'm looking around and people are just emotional. And I'm like, and I can't get out. I mean, I'm locked in there and I'm like, I'm like, well, this is pretty fascinating to see, but I, you know, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if they, was that a hamburger? I guess yeah. I can get one of those for, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't know. There's a ton of crazy stuff like that. 
But it was fun. Living in Los Angeles, I had a wonderful time. It was great. How long were you there? Almost, well, the 2000s, pretty much. Okay. And did, 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 you, just come, so. did you just come straight from L.A. back, back to Nashville? Yes. Uh, I had a brother who was in the military, and he got sent to Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it's like, oh, yeah, I got to go back and kind of take care of some things. And I thought that... Um, I figured, well, when he gets back, which he did, everything worked. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, story, yeah, story yeah, could have yeah. went somewhere no, else. No, no, no. He, was, <laughs> he was in the band. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I say that. I say that, but no, he he was. It, it was tough over there, but uh, <sighs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I thought I would go back. I just, I just I don't know. I kind of liked it here, and I kind of went, eh. I don't really want to, I didn't really, it, it, I was still writing stuff, more stuff back then too. And it, it turns <laughs> out, Hey, guess what? You can use your computer to send jokes to different people. And I still do that. So no, this is great. I love it. I love being in Nashville. I love going to all the comedy nights. And uh, what, what, what was the scene like? What was the scene like when you, when you moved back? Was there more opportunities? Oh, at that point? oh yeah. 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 We're talking about, uh, uh 2010 i guess it was okay well again there were there were more people who were doing it not like now but because of guys like you know you mentioned uh well brad and mark mm-hmm. and sean parrott yeah and uh gary and uh they they kind of got it going um they, they started doing comedy nights at places like well the coffee shops or the cool rock clubs mm-hmm. that kind of thing and kind of made it kind of cool <laughs> that's what i thought anyway you know yeah sure uh, yeah I, I thought they they and it kind of grew grew out of that i mean and and before you know it other people started having their own little comedy nights mm-hmm. but i think you know we we're talking about the east room a little bit earlier yeah I guess I think the East Room's father might have been there used to be comedy in the cannery. Okay. Uh, upstairs there. They kind of had it. It really is. And there were like the pool tables and stuff are. And I don't know. That seems like the East Room's <laughs> I guess dad. Yeah. Kind of the same vibe, kind of the same kind of people, kind of the people who are, I don't want to call them hipster. <laughs> maybe, they want, maybe they want that but yeah that's what you know people who were more artsy people who got stuff uh if you know what i'm saying maybe not yeah. mainstream people who yeah whatever you want to call it you know the art house whatever the david you know a room full of david boys <laughs> <Young David Bowie. laughs> there you go i like that yeah a room full of boys if you know what yeah, I'm saying. yeah yeah You're, yeah yeah you're, when you're in a room full of iconoclasts, you know, just, just be a regular guy. That's how you stand out. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where that came from, was there. And um, I don't know, there there was like a, a comedy night pretty much every night. You know, another one, just Spanky's. Yeah. Spanky's, which I'm sure you've heard them talk about. That, that was a place where a lot of – everybody got thrown in the mix. You know, you all all – Matter of comics, the, the country comic, the rocker, whatever, <laughs> mm-hmm. all got thrown in together. Um, 
Let's see what else. I'm trying to think of another that club's name. There was a. Uh, oh, I don't know. There, there was just that that it just grew out of that. I'm trying to think of the comedy collective like James Austin Johnson, mm-hmm. and um, that they call them a corporate juggernaut. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they, yeah. They, those guys. They they. They got comedy. Um, they kind of made it cool, like I said. They and they were and they got comedy going into these venues that weren't necessarily not even just for comedy or music, but maybe just <laughs> were kind of for drinking beer. I don't know. <laughs> right. But it was cool. It, it was cool. Yeah, it's nice. Know. Yeah, it seems like nowadays, man. Like everybody's trying to put a mic anywhere, which is cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? But oh, like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not just for comedy clubs, like I said, not not for even yeah. specific rooms. It's just like, hey, can we fit a mic here? Let's go. Well, the, the, <laughs> it's 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 set up now where if someone wants to wanted to be a comic, and they it used to be, well, you got to go to New York City or Chicago or L.A. where there were a ton of mics. You can come to Nashville and you can get on stage and you can go up some nights. You can go up four times a night a, a week. I mean, a night. Yeah, you know, like I said, yeah, especially especially about a you know a year and a half ago for sure. Yeah, that's you know what. I mean? Yeah, that's that's what yeah, I've yeah. been. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I think that's why a guy like you know Dusty Slay, mm-hmm. I think he moved here, and you know, there was the mics were plentiful, and that's where he liked him. You know, he kind of came. He was already very good, but got some more, even more polish, and was mm-hmm. in the bigger city and got to see people and uh, you know it 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 helped i guess Mm -hmm. that's one thing i found out about stand-up that i didn't know until it was way too late for me (laughs) is that uh yeah yeah you gotta work hard at it man you gotta work hard it's hard it's you gotta get up there and do it all the time yeah and you've got to have places to go up all the time Mm -hmm. you hear about people in new york go up up seven times last night what how do you do that when you you go somewhere at three in the afternoon and just go on into the night. Mm. Can't quite do that yet in Nashville, but two or three times a night is very, that's very good. And that's yeah. how you get better. You know? Yeah, for sure, man. Why, why, why are you saying it's too late for you, man? Come on. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's never too late. You're right. Yeah. That's what I, I you know, that's what I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy getting up there. It, it's not too late. So next time when I get my shots, I'm going to be back out there uh, doing the stand up again. And it'll be fun. I'll, I'll get a fresh thing of jokes. And that's what I like to do. Fun, the fun for me is writing the new stuff and going up there doing the things off the cards. And if it works, fantastic. If it doesn't, that's cool too. You got to make that funny too. That's my job, but you've got to, uh, yeah. You've always had great energy that way, man. Like, (laughs) so that's, I've always appreciated it. That's kind of part of the, if I have an act part of it. So for the thing I do, so I'm very, um, very happy with that. So that's great. Cody, man, where, where can the good people find you online? Well, I don't really have a big uh, face, a uh, big um, uh, online presence. Uh, I'm on Facebook and I've got, you know, all my friends are my friends, but everybody's welcome to join there. There's certainly plenty of slots there. Uh, same way on Twitter and Instagram, you know, yeah, I, I 
I, I still get up in the morning and I go to a coffee shop and I sit outside and I write jokes and I post stupid stuff. Yeah, you do. On Facebook, because <laughs> that's like we all do. But that's a high compliment. Yes, you do post stupid stuff all the time. And I love it. And it's it brightens my day, man. Like, yeah. oh, sure. man, that's, I think that's that's cool. I, I do it for like about uh, 10 people and you're one of them. So. <laughs> So what about you? What do you, you, you do? I ask you questions or is, is that it? No, no, you, no, I'm good. Unless you want to, I don't, you know, I just want to make a comedy. Are you, uh, have you over oh, this, the COVID, have you had your shots yet? Have you done? No, that? man. Like I, I've, I've applied, you know, I, I work at a, sure. uh, um, like at a restaurant slash bar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I figured, you know, cause everybody said, oh, you guys are essential, right? We were essential sure. workers at the beginning uh-huh. of COVID, but yeah. apparently not good enough for a vaccine. <laughs> must be terrible must be terrible food yeah right right yeah you never know but yeah i've applied you know and i I think i'm in the it says i'm in like 2a and i think now we're in 1c i don't know how far down the alphabet it goes okay Um, but eventually yeah i'll be i'll be there we could get lucky you know i hear if you hang out at you know uh grocery stores places that are offering them yeah they uh, I, I signed up actually at a Walmart. I walked over to the Walmart. Did. Actually, uh, Sean Parrott said that's that. right. He did. I did in there. I went in there and I'm I'm like on the fifth page. But hey, you know, and uh, so I'm not going to go anywhere. I mean, my my comedy is not worth dying for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, there's enough death when I do comedy. I don't need more. So yeah, we, yeah. We brought back me and me and uh, Josh Lewis. We we did the East Room when it came back briefly between like November. And January it was kind of spotty when we were doing it, but mm-hmm. uh, they've they've closed down since January, and yeah, uh, I, that's the only mic I went to because I felt like as a co-host, you know, if comics wanted to come, I wanted to help give them a place to come and do their stuff. But other than that, now I've been staying put. And can I say that there's, there's the such, I don't want to jump in it. There's so many other funny comics that I have not mentioned <laughs> during this thing. I was just talking about the old old guys, and yeah. uh, there's so many young guys or guys who even have moved on who've who've moved away and uh, for whatever reason and who are, who are very funny too and i i'm sorry if i left you know i need like nate bargatze i mentioned there's 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 the nashville star right there that's yeah really a really amazing and you know he's really great so yeah and you know like him and us is it's great the two greatest. guys on the tonight show yeah I mean, it's so and the, you know and I guess Nate was kind of, he started and I moved away and I think maybe he, he moved away too a little later than that. Mm-hmm. That's where he, he maybe cut his teeth somewhere else, but I do remember him starting in Nashville. I remember seeing him at the boxcar. Oh uh, yeah. Years, years ago, like when he was just, just starting out and actually he talked to you, like he told me he was going, he was going to be moving and mm-hmm. you know, what could I work? Man, guys, what am I going to tell him? Man, he's <laughs> uh, or, 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 you know, Dusty, I mean, getting on the fight show, that's so wonderful. I, yeah. And I knew that was going to happen. And I, I still expect, I'm kind of expecting more of that. Uh, more, there's going to be some guys who, you know, you're already seeing guys on the Grand Ole Opry. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's some things right there. That's, um, I'm, right. you know, you don't, seeing modern comedy on the Grand Ole Opry coming out of the Nashville comedy scene. Are you kidding me? That, right. That's and, incredible. You know, Aaron Weber had been. Had yeah. Aaron, I mean, and... Aaron's going to be on the tonight show in the next 
before you know it. He's going to be a thing. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I haven't listened to their podcast, Nate Land. Uh, the oh, yeah. I, I think that's getting really big. Your podcast, of course, is going to explode. Hey, after, after this, this episode, after this uh, right here, right here tonight. That's right. Uh, someone's going to call me and go, Cody, we need some jokes. Here's a million dollars. OK, <laughs> I'll do Which, it. Which, you know, I'm going to write you a check after this. Uh, yeah, I appreciate sure. you doing the show. You know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, $1,400. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, let's see. I, well, God, I wanted to say something else. Um, it's just there's a lot of funny guys and gals, not yes. just guys. That's one thing also. There are, there, there are a lot of stand-up comedies, usually like, you know, serial killer, killer guys, you know, wearing, wearing hoodies, but no, there's, <laughs> there's some very talented, funny, uh, young women who are, uh, who are going to be something. And I, I enjoy watching them and I look forward to seeing them progress and I don't know what I could do for them, but, uh, you know, that, that's a lot of the fun to me. I love to go out there. I love to see that. And then I love to go up and do much better than they do. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Dude, no. That's, that's the perfect way to, to, to end this conversation. I love it. Cody, you're, you're great. And I can't wait to see you in real life, dude. All right. Be All fun. Right. See you soon, though. It'll be fun. Thanks. And there it was, guys. Thanks, Cody, for hanging out. Thank you for hanging out with the Badum Ching with Carl. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening, man, be sure to click a like. Be sure to click that subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Tell your foes about us. Uh, here's a question. Should I get a Patreon account or should I just ask Mark Anunson for money? Hmm. Uh, things to think about. So appreciate you guys hanging out. And see you later.